Biggest Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here for the Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting, and today I am joined by not Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, but the Bash Brothers of Wrestling, Dave Turner and Chris Ross. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. good. How are you, Matt? You know, I'm doing great. Um, you know, the, this is the coolest. Uh, it's the coolest I think uh, it's been for wrestling now since the pandemic where we're finally getting an opportunity to uh, have shows opening up. We finally getting to see um, schools back open. And uh, that kind of leads me to you guys. Um, and let me start. How did you guys first meet? Well, it wasn't at a little independent show in Chehalis, Washington in around 2012. It was years later, <laughs> even though we're at the same event, we just found that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. What, um, Dave, where was I mean, it? Belling, that we, Bellingham show? Well, yeah, that's, I think when we first like officially met, we, we always kind of knew who each other were. I mean, I was wrestling with Rysik back mm. then and you were wrestling with Johnny. Yeah. But yeah. You came up and introduced yourself to me at a show in Bellingham that Dr. Luther was running. And I was nice. like, oh man, this guy, Chris is kind of a nice guy. And I think we were supposed to work each other. Oh wait, in wait, Seattle. Time out for one second. Yeah, I, 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 I fucked up. I uh, hold on, just give me one second here. Recording in progress. Oh, <laughs> almost missed the whole thing. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Oh, I just we've did. done that before. Yeah. Don't you love podcasting, guys? <laughs> no, I mean yes, it's very. Fun. Yeah. All right. I'll, uh, since it's early on, I'll just uh, I'll just jump back into it. Um. All right, guys. Um. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Michaels here, Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. Today, I'm joined by the Bash Brothers of Wrestling. We have Dave Turner and Chris Ross. Guys, how you doing? Good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm a little airheaded, uh, apparently. Um, <laughs> modern technology sucks. But uh, we are just getting back into wrestling here nowadays. The uh, the summer is upon us. Gentlemen, uh, I'm going to take a little different, different angle here. Let me ask you guys. You guys started uh, WAC. And you guys are up in the Northwest. Yep. Yep. How hard was it for uh, you guys to look at the aspect, uh, you know, having been wrestlers, you know the business, but what was the reality of starting your own promotion? Budgets, money, <laughs> yeah, finances. Uh, you know, you think, oh, wrestling, how hard could it be? Because you do it and you know, you know, with the average of, uh, you know, rates are average payments, stuff like that. And you're like, okay, I think this is affordable. I think we can do this. But then you want to start jazzing up your show a little bit. Maybe you want to fly somebody in. Maybe you know them, so they give you a discount. But maybe the next month you fly somebody else and they don't know. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, that's a lot of money. Okay, well, yeah, we can still afford it. And then sales are really bad for the show or you don't market properly or whatever it is. And, you know, to be honest, we... We kind of just—I don't want to say hot shot it, but we kind of hot shot at our first show. We just picked a random venue that we could find. We kind of just started booking, and it seemed okay on the surface. But by the time I don't know we started in October in 2018, so June? by June, yeah, June 2019, we we're about to shut it down because we lost so much money. We weren't really even realizing it. Wow. And then I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. We got to fix this. So I made a budget, you know, fixed. I made a whole spreadsheet, making sure everything is accounted for. 
every dollar is going somewhere. We found a new venue, ironically, right next door to our old venue for way cheaper. I mean, <laughs> way cheaper. Isn't that way funny? Than you. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny how that happens? <laughs> it was, yeah, it's, it's been there the whole time. Yeah. It was in June. We had the conversation with Max about how we were looking at having to probably shut down. And I started going around looking for new buildings. Cause for me, it was never, I don't deal with the budget stuff or anything like that. I do more of the production aspect of it, the things I'd, I'd like to see the, for, to make the stories kind of gel together a little bit more. Sure. And, uh, day of stuff. So for me, it's always been kind of the, the little odds and ends that you get to the building and you're like, Oh shit, we forgot this. Uh, somebody needs to run to the hardware store, <laughs> little things like that. But yeah, that building was right next door the whole time. Wow. And it wasn't until that conversation where we actually went searching for a better deal. Cause it's hard. I mean, in this area, it's a little more, the, the, uh, rate of pay is a little higher than most other areas around the country. So the hourly wage. So it's not uncommon to look at a building and go, Oh, a thousand dollars. That's cheap. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, well, that, yeah. was, that was the biggest, I think the biggest hurdle that we didn't like, you know, I don't know. I never really thought of it. I don't know who does think about, you know, I'm going to do this. How much money do I need? I mean, if it's like starting your own business, sure but like wrestling's not really a people say the wrestling business but wrestling's not really a business it's just a bunch of guys you make handshake deals with the fake fight together in a room i mean it, yeah yeah it's loose it's loose yeah. <laughs> no it's it's true because if you think about it um I, the it, what's really fascinating about it is this if you look at pro wrestling and you look at the independent scene the independent scene on some regards could be looked at as off-broadway theater or can be looked at as community theater and in between those it's a huge range of a mix and in between because community theaters nobody's getting paid it's just people who love to do something and in off-Broadway settings, it's the stuff that you're not getting necessarily paid the best, but you're at least getting paid something, and you might be on your way to trying to be, a, you know, a professional at a higher level. So it really is mm -hmm. kind of a, a, a big gamble. And also that's, you know, like you said, it's it's something you really don't think about in terms of logistics-wise. Did you guys have um, any type of... Uh, problems with um then any type of uh local talent or talent no names or anything like that but people who might not necessarily have wanted to do what you guys were asking um whether it been in a booking situation or you know people doing lighting or people you know even breaking down and and you know because that's the other thing that i find fascinating is that some people don't, they think their worth is more than the actual event and product that you're putting out there. Is that something that you guys kind of encountered or do you guys have a kind of a nice, a little less bumpy road with attitudes? I wish well, that were the case. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall we have a pretty easy road as far as attitudes are concerned because to be honest with you chris and i only book our friends like sure. and, and when i say friends like that term is very broad we book the guys that we get along with and that we enjoy being around we don't want to book shitheads because the reality is in this business it's full of undeserved egos from people who you know back to your point of off broadway and, and community theater most of the people with these undeserved egos are community theater guys who've never really had the opportunity to do off-Broadway yeah. and haven't earned the right to even have, you know, the 
option of having the ego that they have. So we just, you know, typically we try to stay away from those people and, and keep our heads down. And, you know, it's not to say it doesn't bother us from time to time because it has, but, you know, we keep our heads down and we keep moving forward because we know what our, our idea for the future of wrestling is out of Washington state. And that's, that's our biggest goal. Sure. I mean, that's, that's a, a great perspective and a way to look at it. Um, now, on the flip side of that, with the fans, what has been the most surprising thing about the people who come to see wrestling um, that you guys are putting on? Um, you know, is it has it been a very supportive bunch? Um, has it been maybe a little trying with fans being a little, you know, pushy or... You know, maybe um, I know sometimes fans like to try to get close to the wrestlers and then pitch all their wonderful ideas on how to do things. Um, what has that been for you guys experience wise? Uh, mostly good. Our fan base is pretty solid. Um, they're nice. They're loyal. We treat them well. I feel uh, I feel like we give them a good product, but nobody's been nobody's been like outwardly vocal on wanting certain things, at least for us, our show, you know, nobody's been like pushy or trying to convince us. Well, there's one guy, but he doesn't live around here. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a good fan base. I feel. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very loyal. It's, it's, a lot of our fan base has kind of become for lack of a better term, kind of like family. I mean, I'll walk sure. around the grocery store and I'll bump into some of them and they're like, Oh, Hey Dave, what's going on? Or, you know, standing in the gas station here, what's up black sheep. And, and so it's kind of, you know, it's nice that they can come once or twice a month and, and see us perform and, and feel comfortable and to talk to us when we're outside of, the wrestling bubble right sure um so they're all pretty loyal they're all pretty pretty good people you know i think the fans are are like wrestlers in a lot of ways is depending on where you go you're gonna have your fans who only want to be a favorite and loyal to one company and i think that's great um but there's so many different flavors of ice cream out there like don't don't walk away from rocky road just because you're strictly vanilla like try it all yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's a very good that's a very good analogy um for you guys um in terms of your own wrestling careers has there any been uh, has there ever been anything that's stuck out to you as um and again no specific names or, or places or anything like that that's fine but anything that stuck out to you as moments where you go why the fuck am i doing this oh man okay uh <laughs> i will um okay so the okay uh i gotta you gonna get sure there bud? comes off right. i gotta i just gotta make sure it comes off right okay so it's not okay the place itself was fine and the people were very nice to us. But we did a show in Kansas. Oh no. It was it was a cool show. They had a really cool production. It was, you know, the people were nice. It just was like uh, at some point we're just sitting there together going like who's going to see this? Like what are we actually doing here? What's happening? This is so weird. Yeah. And it was a good experience. Like it wasn't like this is really bad. I don't know how we got here. But it was just like what are we doing here? Like what was the point of this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would have to agree with that because I've I've been on some really bad shows where it's been like what the fuck am I doing with my life? But Kansas Kansas was a different what the hell moment because I think that was around the time where Chris and I really, our brains started to change for what we wanted career-wise. And like that Kansas 
just kind of came around the tail end of our, that shift in our brain. And, and it was right we got right there before and, the pandemic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right before it. Yeah. That's... And we, I mean, we had a pretty busy schedule leading up and into the pandemic happening. And so Kansas was kind of like the, the start off of all this, but it was the, the least impactful thing that we were doing out of that entire time up in through April and WrestleMania weekend. And we just kind of looked at it as like, this isn't going to be the thing that moves the needle for us. And that's where we're kind of at mentally is what's going to move the needle for us. What's going to allow us to have fun and enjoy the process of wrestling and being on the road with just good brothers. And let's stop and fucking enjoy these, these moments here. You know, like we've, done so much traveling chris and i were how long were we in chicago that one weekend 16 like hours a, or something i don't know like if we let me think 12 yeah less than 20 a little over 24 hours. i think it was like 26 hours wow. so we got in at midnight and we didn't leave till like 7 a.m yeah and and all we saw was the venue like right. we didn't go anywhere because right. because it's just business 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 right and you know where we're at now it's like let's stop and enjoy the sights like let's see some stuff we don't you know it's one thing to be there a little bit early to help set up and whatever but you know you don't need to be there three hours early to go sit and, and bs like go get a chicago dog or something yeah yeah, no that that's a very um, a very well thought out perspective on things because I think that especially when you're young, you have a tendency to feel like everything put in front of you is something you have to take and then do everything that you're told to do with that. And as you get older, oh, yeah. you know, you realize it's like, well, hey man, you know okay, I got a little wiggle room here to at least make sure that, um, you know, if I'm putting my body through this and not even the wrestling itself, but the travel itself is just fucking brutal. And I've done a lot of traveling over the years for different uh, productions, etc. And it's, you know, it's brutal, like you said, when you're in and out within, you know, 18 hours of you know, being around a venue for nine, you know, traveling in for four and a half and traveling out for four and a half. It's just like, holy shit. Um, has there ever, has there ever been a time where you, either of you have looked at your career in terms of, you know, maybe, maybe I just want to focus on just promoting or just uh teaching i know you guys um have opened up the wrestling school um Mm -hmm. and i know that some of my friends um you know who had a nice number of years as careers they got to a point where for them more beneficial to them was that experience in being able to teach kids and to teach that next generation um you know how to, how to do things. Uh, has that ever crossed your minds? Of you know, hey, I like what we're doing, but I kind of want to focus on this all the time. I think for both of us, yeah, I think for both of us, we're we're both getting to that point. I, I'm. I, <laughs> I mean, that point gets pushed off so, so many times. Chris and I just, before the pandemic, we're like, let's give this one last run of really pushing and being gone every weekend. And if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. And then the pandemic happened. It's like, all right, we're going to push it out another year. But I mean, I'm 38 years old and, and I feel like I can do this probably for another 15 years at a local level where I'm just doing it once a month, twice a month in Washington state. I could do it for another five years at a competitive level. However, things have to start breaking for me. Like right now, 
right. this year. Otherwise, yeah, Chris and I end up looking at it and go, okay, where do we want to start investing our time? Is you know, teaching has been really beneficial for us and and like filled a lot of holes i think in both of our lives we get a lot of enjoyment out of that um and same with running whack you know we we talk every day about okay what can we do because we know the end game is to provide something to this area you know everybody always called the pacific northwest the black hole of pro wrestling and it really has been for a lot of reasons um and one of those reasons is you know, people don't have the opportunity to be seen right. um, as often or work with talent that can help elevate them. Right. And that's mine and Chris's goal is to bring in top level talent for people to learn from, to work with, and really start making this scene out here something worthwhile to look at. Yeah, that's a very good point because I think a lot of people kind of forget the idea that the east coast has always had the concentration of all the attention the you know the south you know is its own animal in terms of just how it's it's run and whatnot and then if you start heading you know midwest of course is you know a very a very uh, smart fan base, you know, where you have a lot of people making the way around, you know, six or seven states. And in the West, it's usually the Southern area, like California, Nevada, Arizona. Yeah. And it always, yeah. Like Oregon and, uh, you know, uh, it just, things start, you start kind of scratching your head and going, the reason that, you know, if you get someone from the East Coast, that's a, you know, that's a haul, let alone the expenses and stuff to get across the country like that. Um, and then not only in wrestling, but I think in, you know, relatively in all sports that that's always been kind of that dark area of, well, they've got a baseball team or they got a football team so yeah that's good that's that's really all that's needed you know it's always been kind of a, a, ignored um taking that aspect of bringing the entertainment to the community and then kind of like you were talking about having the community very receptive could that possibly lead you guys into um branching out into even more of the area or have you just kind of you know tried to keep everything very centralized very localized um this is a like a a couple fold answer um to your point about us being, or the black hole comment, I want to say, I think a lot of the problem is, is after the territories had died and it was just, you know, WWF, ECW and WCW. And then once WCW and ECW died, the next big thing was ring of honor, which was on the East coast. And if I lived in New York, I could travel probably to seven States within a five hour drive. Whereas if I drive five hours, I'm not even out of my state. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's, that becomes the problem. We have, we have such a low concentration of promotions that if I wanted to go like we're wrestling next Sunday in around Oakland, California, we've decided we're going to drive this Sunday. I'm sorry, this Sunday in Oakland, California, we've decided we're going to drive. It is a 12 hour drive one way wow and there's only between here and there i think there's only four promotions maybe that you could possibly work wow so it's even it's even tough picking it you know picking up uh a you know a friday night a saturday night in another town that's close and then a sunday you know as you're climbing your way back so yep. yeah wow so really one 
one trip is basically for one show. That's that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a that's, lot of that's like, part we, of what makes it so hard. Yeah, we like we run Sundays. Learn. You know, we did we run Sundays in the north, like the middle of our territory. Actually, almost smack dab in the middle of our territory. It's about four hours in Portland, about four hours in Vancouver, BC. So yeah. It's kind of we're we're the end of the loop and we're in the middle of everything, so it's it's not really productive, honestly. Ah. But I digress on that. Um, beyond that, uh, since the pandemic has happened, a lot of shows have started popping up. After the fact, I don't know if they're trying to capitalize on the growth of wrestling in the area or everybody got a bunch of stimulus money. They just wanted to start a promotion or. I don't know some, you know, I don't well, let's wait and see. Cause a lot of shows haven't actually had a show yet, Yeah. but the amount of the amount of good promotions, the amount of bad promotions are probably equal at this point. We've lost a few promotions due to speaking out, which is, you know, good that that happened, I guess, but you know, Losing promotions in a place that doesn't have many promotions kind of sucks. At the end of the day, <laughs> so I hope somebody can yeah. replace. <laughs> and 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 as far as like branching out, this state makes oh yeah that wrestling very difficult. The athletic commission around here is very hard to deal with. Are it you- wasn't until about four years ago where we had different rules. Uh, and laws made to just make it as easy as we have it now. And it's still only a little bit easier than it was before. We're still locked into limitations. We can only run our building or outside of our building four times a year off of our license. Otherwise we have to be in the, the address that is on our wrestling license. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And we have to re-up our license every year. Uh, the price goes up, I guess, has gone up. Um, but it's way cheaper than it used to be. Also, there's a, a rule when you leave your... Okay, so here, I'll cut it. I'll try to explain this as quickly as possible. There's the promoter's license, which Vince McMahon has to pay for, that everybody else had to pay for. It was like $1,500. You had to have barricades. You had to have an ambulance. Everybody had to be licensed to be wrestlers which is blood work and a lot of the stuff it's like four hundred dollars to get like is it dave it's a four hundred dollars to get no, licensed it's or something like 25 25, okay, 25. yeah but but remember. still it's a lot of hoops to jump through sure. a lot of hoops to jump through and then you do that and then you're you're cleared and they send out somebody from the commission they do a thing that's how it used to be so nobody could obviously afford that nobody had fifteen hundred dollars or shit like it just but yeah. even if you found the dirt cheap venue of five hundred dollars, you're at two grand right there. There's no way you're making money running a show. Yeah, outside of a uh, uh, Native American reservation, because on the reservations you can do whatever you want. Right. Licenses do not apply to you. Yeah. So a lot of our uh, like independent wrestling in the past was just on a, on a reservation somewhere, just to make it so it's even plausible. That's, and then wow. We got local legislation. Somebody put together a almost like a petition to finally go, hey, we're not a sport. We are we are theatrical wrestling. And the state said, you know what? Fine. You can have it. But here are the rules. So like Dave said, it's you know, you only have four shows outside of your quote unquote school that you run out of. And if you were to leave your school, they need you to have an 80-20 rule where it has to be 80% students and 20% professionals, which how do you determine that one? <laughs> and a professional, a professional what is, is anyone who's made $50 or more for a booking. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's very obscure and very ridiculous out here. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that we have this theatrical wrestling license now because we have been able to, have more shows pop up, some of them of varying quality, but you know it, it increases the uh, product awareness for 
our fan base. And it gives, you know, like our students are going to have other places to work. You know, we might right. not allow them to go work everywhere, um, but they can go get their feet wet at more than just one place or right. practice matches in the at the school. Yeah. Does that, do you think that that typically, um, in, in some respects, due to the low amount of companies and all these different loopholes and, and crap that, you know, the state has in place, does that typically then drive students to then go to other states? So let's say you have a student who, is progressing wonderfully and you can see that little bit of an eight factor you can see that they're picking up things but you know that this person is going to then you know as as soon as they're you know two or three matches in hey i'm gonna go try to find work in texas or oklahoma or you know nevada or california or something like that just due to the fact that you don't have to have so much more in place. Like, would you still have to be a licensed pro wrestler in the state if you lived in the state, but were exclusively wrestling out of the, uh, out of the state? No, every state has their own no. rules. So, okay. you know, if I want to work Missouri, I would probably, I think I have to be licensed for Louisiana, Missouri, Oklahoma. There's just like random states that need you to have be licensed. Licensed still. Yeah. 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 Um, they're not everywhere, though. I mean, I think it's probably under half. Some states don't yeah. even have wrestling. Like, Idaho has no commission. They don't care. Just no. And you don't you don't have to be licensed to be a wrestler out of Washington. Okay. You only have to be licensed if you work with uh, the WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact, uh, or, like or that. a company that's running under the official promoter's license, which most people don't do most in uh, most independent companies aren't going to run under an official right. promoter's license because it's too expensive yeah for them okay that makes but, that makes you know, a lot of sense okay i think i think in this area we've seen a handful of people leave and go to train somewhere else and and go out of the state and chris and i have made it very clear to our students we've had students who've are deployed or on assignment somewhere else for the military, and yeah. they say, hey, you know, I'm going to be out in this area. We've encouraged all of our students, go out and learn from as many different people as you can. We are not the end-all, be-all of pro wrestling in Washington State or the United States in general. You can learn so much. And I think Chris and I have two uh, drastically different training ways that we broke in i mean chris worked three days a week he trained three days a week at the same place for three years or something yeah it's at least two years yeah and i i bounced around and trained with lots of different people and then even then my training was just kind of inconsistent or subpar Sure. But I would go around and I would work. I would travel and work to other states and take seminars anywhere I could and learn to get better through that avenue. So, you know, Chris and I have experienced the, okay, we're doing the same thing every week. And the, I'm doing something different all the time. So I, we were able to kind of take the middle ground of that and really blend it well for our students and we encourage them, go learn from whoever the fuck you can, because there are way smarter people than us. Yeah, I mean, we had a seminar two weeks ago with Jonathan Gresham that Dave and I took. Sure. Because yeah. why, like, he's doing what we want to do, so why aren't we learning from him? Yeah. Where I think a lot of people don't take those opportunities for God knows. Like, if... If I wasn't signed, which is almost everybody in wrestling, then why wouldn't you go to a seminar from somebody who is signed and learn from them to try to be where they're at? Yep. Stuff like that. It's just like, what's going on out here? Yep. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little bit disheartening, but on the same token, you know, and that's where I said before, sometimes it bothers us, but we just got to push past it and go, you know what? This isn't our career. Chris and I tried very hard when we first opened uh, WAC uh, to really tell these guys, hey, we'll help get you out. We'll we'll spend money. Like we've we've got deals with talents where if you need help, we will use the money that we have from our school to help you get a flight, get a hotel room, get gear. I mean, we've done it for other wrestlers in the past, and we'd be willing to do it for other guys who come to us and are really trying to make this a thing for themselves. But, you know, we, we talk and talk and talk to a lot of different people, and a lot of times they don't do anything. And we had to step back and go, we can't – we can lead them to water, but we can't make them drink, you know? Yeah. That's one – I. <laughs> I think you just hit one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest keys to, and it's it's not even just pro wrestling, but if you look at any sports entertainment across the boards, that's a big thing where you have guys who they just want to do this to say that they are, and it's like, but yes, but you're not, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and exactly I don't. Yeah. And I've told people before, I don't have a problem with the guys who just want to go out and do it on the weekend once or twice a month and then go to their regular job and tell all their coworkers and their family that they're pro wrestler. Like, that's fine. It's, it's your business. Do whatever you want. But, you know, I'm a guy who I've missed half of my children's lives by doing this. I was gone for almost two years straight I was gone every single Friday Saturday and Sunday because I just wanted to get over 100 matches a year yeah and you know that took me away from my wife and and her kids and and birthdays and all this stuff you know we and Chris is the same way we've all missed stuff for this so to be the guy who says hey guess what I'm a pro wrestler while he's standing around at the water cooler and coming up and telling us that it's like okay well you know real cute congratulations <laughs> but but you're not yeah like like but talk about sacrifice right like dave and i are leaving on father's day to go wrestle a show 12 hours away we're saying yeah, yeah. all right family we're taking they're taking the day for ourselves goodbye well, yeah. in some respects, I guess that is a uh, a good Father's Day because that's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. in, in the yeah. thought yeah. of it, it's correct. But it's you know, you know, we yeah, it sucks. miss birthdays. You miss milestones all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, <sighs> it is. You know, um, having been an actor in L.A. for uh, twenty years, I was there. I worked at Universal Studios as a tour guide for a couple of years. One of the most fascinating things I found was a lot of young people, 19, 20, 21, coming straight off the bus from whatever you know town where they were the big dog in their high school, you know, or community theater mm-hmm. or college, you know, community college. They would come in and they wouldn't know a how to take rejection which is one of the biggest things, you know, you, you have to learn that you're not going to get, you know, every single thing that you are auditioning for. And the other thing is that, um, they wouldn't know how to, they wouldn't know how to take that actual talent that they had and then make it their own. And I think that's the same thing with a lot of wrestlers. You have a lot of wrestlers who will come and they're so gun ho and they're they're great, you know, fiery kids. But then they don't know where to go with it after a year. And then they just kind of end up moving back to, you know, Arkansas or wherever they came from. Because they just couldn't cut that idea that, yeah, you're talented, but these five guys they're out there working every fucking single day to get to that next level. And you just want it to be able to say that you did it or that you're, you know, you're, you know, you, you, uh, 
Oh yeah, I I I I lived in L.A. Oh, it was great. I went to all of these auditions and stuff. Well, what did you do? Well, I didn't do anything really. Um, and and I saw so many people who were good personalities, good talents. They just disappeared. And yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that is a very very tough thing. And I I think that's one of the cool things about you guys is that you guys. Um, First of all, you guys found each other, which is also another, a whole nother thing that when you're in entertainment, man, when you find those people you click with, go with it, stick with it, <laughs> you know, nurture kind of my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because for better or for worse. Yeah. I'm glad you just said for better or for worse, because that's it, man. You become basically you know, uh, that, that work couple. And I think that that is very inspiring, um, because those are the relationships and, and Lord knows how many, you know, stories that you hear from other guys about, you know, how they can't trust these people and etc. And it's always good to have someone who understands what you're going through. Cause even your own families, even though they can understand to some extent, they can't understand the same mind mentality that you guys can yeah. with each other. And I think that, you yeah. know, that's so important too, is you have to find like-minded people that are passionate about getting to the same place that you want to go to. And it's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been one of the most enjoyable things about meeting and working with Chris for as long as I have now is that he's, we're really the yin to each other's yang. You know, Chris is, Chris is very half glass empty, glass mm -hmm. half empty. I'm very glass half full. Yep. Um, and we just compliment each other really nicely. And, you know, he'll come up to me and say, hey, I've got this, I got this idea. I want a shirt company. And I go, let's do it. Let's just run it and see what happens. We've got so many irons in the fire all the time that we don't know because we just want to be busy. We want to stay right. busy and, and, and hustle because it may not be this idea that's going to take off, but it could be that idea from tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a great perspective on it. Um, because Hey, you, you never know. Let's put it this way. Uh, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, whether it be, like I said, a shirt business, uh, whether it be the school, whether it be, you know, your your wrestling careers in the ring, etc. The biggest thing to me is that you never know which one of those is going to hit. And basically, you instead of giving yourself one option that you're going to be satisfied for the rest of your life, if this one thing happens. You've got five, ten, twenty different things that could potentially make you just as happy because you were passionate enough to try to you know do it in in some manner in some fashion yes yeah that makes sense it's it feels good i mean we have at least a minimum of three things that we can kind of hang our hat on like all right so if dave and i make it as wrestlers great we've done it if that doesn't happen but we can make wac a like a, a big promotion make it so it's it's one of the best promotions on the west coast maybe even the united states you know we can hang our hand on that or if you know if we get our students if some of them get signed to wwe or impact or AEW or ring of honor or wherever we can be like look at look what we did there so we have a lot of options on like what success looks like for us and i think that's mentally very nice <laughs> yeah it, it makes the job not boring yeah because we're not just we're not just looking at it going ah shit you know what i can't make that booking man that could have been the one like no there'll be tomorrow's booking or hey you know what yeah we had to miss that booking but you know what james picked up today in class like we've got so many different ways to be emotionally and professionally rewarded and fulfilled that the job's a lot easier when we've got our hands in so many cookie jars. I mean, Chris is right now just alone 
<clears throat> we've got uh, whack that we own and promote and book. Um, there's another company presented by uh, the Flex Network that's running a show in Everett um, at the Scuttlebutt on June 24th or 25th, whatever that Friday is, that Chris and I have been booking for this guy. Um, Chris has been taking over the booking for a new promotion in Spokane five hours away from here um, for our friend Chase and Relentless Wrestling. And, you know, on top of our school, on top of Chris's video editing that he's starting to dive into, um, on top of Dragonplex Apparel, like we've just got so much stuff going on that we're busy all the time. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's such a nice, it's such a nice mental break. Cause you know, if we go back to, to the, the weekend warriors and the people who just want to say they did it, like, that's cool. At, at the end of the day, the book of your life is written solely by you. And if you can look back on it and you're satisfied, more power to you. I hope that everyone is at the end of the day, but that's not me, man. Like I want to look back on a body of work and go, I didn't accomplish anything that I wanted, but it wasn't because I didn't try. Right. I took that first step out the door. A lot of, I think a lot of people under, they, so in wrestling, this is something I try to teach our students is that nobody's just going to call you out of the blue. Right. It will never happen. No, WWE doesn't just email you. It's not how it works. You have to sign up for this thing on the website. You have to go through extra talent stuff. You know, unless, unless you try, you will never leave the area. You'll never do anything important. You'll never work for any big companies. Like something, there has to be a catalyst. And a lot of catalysts and nowadays are just you emailing a promoter and going like, hey, can I get a shot on your show? Yep. And, you know, make some sort of deal. Make it worth their time and it'll be worth your time. And that's the start of it. And a lot of guys just don't want to bet yep. on themselves anymore. A lot of guys, maybe maybe they think they're the best, but they just don't. Maybe they have a great job locally and they don't sure. care. Or maybe they're just afraid, to, afraid of rejection, like you were saying. And that's, a, you know, a huge, I think a huge detriment to wrestlers that have a lot of talent. Yeah, you know, uh, there could be a million Daniel Bryan's out there. Yeah, who knows if they don't? If these guys who are as talented as Daniel Bryan don't give themselves a chance, then nobody will ever see them, and it won't matter how good they are. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too. Um, along that type of uh, idea, I think as we're looking at kids. Now who are 18, 19, 17, you know, 20, what they don't understand is they have everything literally at their fingertips now. Yeah. When we were younger, it was video cassette tapes that you had to edit and put together and mail out Mm -hmm. that you hope didn't get returned to you. You had to get double yeah. VCR. Yeah. Oh, you know, you had to get your headshots done and a lot of money yeah, for stuff. We, our friend Jaden, uh, he'll be at class with us on the weekend and he'll be outside recording a promo and have an entire promo cinematic version of a promo edited on his phone before <laughs> we even leave like music, everything to it. And it's the 21st century has made everything so accessible to people for either really cheap to free. Like you can go out and do and become whatever you want. All you got to do is take that first step. And, and you have to be willing to bet on yourself because nobody's going to bet on you unless they can look at you and see that you've got star power written all over you. I mean, why is, you know, Johnny, you know, someone over in Boston, Massachusetts going to fly you out from Seattle for probably $500 and pay you the 150 bucks, brother. That's because that's my rate. Right. When they've got a guy who's just as good as you, if not a little bit worse, who's willing to do it for 20 and to have some space at the merch table. Like 
you know, you got to be able to take that gamble on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I think that a lot of uh, people who are enthusiastic about entertainment, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, musicians or uh, wrestlers, actors, um, one of the things that they tend to not realize is the importance of brand. Brand is one of the biggest things you can do because if you can build yourself as a brand, then you're going to have a better chance of being able to sell yourself to someone halfway across the country who's never worked with you live, who is willing to take that chance on you because you've probably now shown them, shown them something that makes them interested. And I think that's one of the yeah. biggest things. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of our biggest things with Dragonplex is Dragonplex is such a weird anomaly in our life because it just came together and just kind of became the perfect umbrella for everything that we do. Sure. But that was our thing. Like, build the Dragonplex brand. Everything we do is an extension of Dragonplex, even, you know, down to, you know, if Chris edits our videos, it's a Dragonplex production for our promos. Like, everything, because people are going to be able to look at that and go, oh, Dave and Chris own Dragonplex, and they wrestle us as the Bash Bros. Oh, and they promote for Without a Cause? Like, everything fits under this yeah. one brand umbrella for us. Yeah. And, um, you know, you do realize when you guys do eventually pass away, you guys are going to have to have grave sites next to each other because everyone's going to be able to, <laughs> you know, and just, just yeah, that, yeah. that connection, you know, um, they're either going to want to come see us together at the cemetery or piss on our graves. So <laughs> at least make, at least make the trip easy for them. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of trips, let's talk a little bit about, um, July. Um, I believe it's, uh, July 18th, um, that you guys yep. are heading down here to Vegas for, uh, versus pro wrestling. Um, now, uh, I was talking to Chris a little bit, Dave, you've worked for, uh, West down here before, correct? Yes. Yeah. I did the, uh, the video game convention level up the summer before. Yeah. Before yeah. the pandemic broke out so that was fun i've i've actually worked with less uh with wes a lot uh over the last i don't know probably two years or so because he used to come up and work for a promotion up in in salem oregon every so often so he and i just kind of hit it off um and you know a bunch of the other guys on his roster i've it's so funny when you look back on wrestling and how you can kind of connect the dots and where you know all these people from. Because a lot of the guys like Jody the Wrestler, like sure. these guys I all I, I met all all because I took that first step out my door and, and flew myself to uh, Mesa, Arizona for Party Hard Wrestling. So now, you know, I'm kind of coming back full circle with coming down to Versus and working for Wes and, you know, Jody's going to be there and all these guys, Sandra Moon and, and just people that I've been fortunate enough to be around because I've made yeah. my way through this area in some form or fashion. Yeah, which is, you know, it's very, I think it, this is another thing that I think that um, I don't think younger wrestlers have the concept of necessarily because obviously until you start experiencing that, you don't really realize. And that is, boy, you run into a lot of the same faces in a lot of the different dressing rooms that you're in because of that fact where everyone is kind of branching out now at a way higher level than ever, where, you know, yeah, if you were, you know, trained in Arizona, you might like to wrestle, you know, you got a family member who lives in Indiana, they could stay at, you know, stay at their house and you're constantly going there. Then you're going to see those faces, and then when they start coming over to California and seeing you going to California, it's it's incredible how that connecting factor is now bigger than it's ever been, and I think that's yeah so so in uh, so important to um, uh, you know to embrace that idea of hey I better um, 
I, I, I better not be that person in the locker room where everyone looks at and goes, dude, that guy, fuck, fuck. I, I don't want to be around that guy anymore. <laughs> so, Well, good dude, news dude. is I have a superpower. It's it's to make friends with anybody. It's true. This is this has become a proven statistic over the time that Chris and I have known each other. Like he will literally befriend every single person he meets. And and you know back to the, the training and and everything, you know, what everything always comes full circle with me for wrestling. But you know, one of the things that Chris and I hammer home to our students all the time is we were told that this isn't show business or this is this is show business not show friends and it couldn't be any further from the truth i mean this day and age yeah you know maybe back maybe back in 1993 brother it was show business but even then there were signs of show friends you know Right. It's always been didn't. about show friends. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, look, look at, you, I mean, just if you know anything about Hogan and, and Beefcake. Yeah. Yeah. Dizzy, Dizzy, Dizzy Hogan, aka Brutus Beefcake's whole career only existed because he was friends with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, even, even now, like people, we're not getting rich wrestling. Right. Right. We're breaking our bodies for the love (laughs) of this business. Yeah. But why do I want to go sit in the locker room with 14 other dudes that I hate or people that I hate rather. Right. Like be friends with people. We, we want to work with our friends because we're going to be there for the next 10, 11 hours. And I want to enjoy my time while I'm there. Yeah. And that's the way this business is, you know, you, you make friends with people, they put in a good word for you or you see him on a show and you, know, you just start kind of working around with people and it, it just kind of trickles on down. You know, we've, yeah. we've been fortunate to have, you know, develop enough good friendships with people just through booking for without a cause that we've had guys who go, Hey, you know what? I mean, we've got a guy coming in in October because he wants to, taste the coffee around seattle like he just wants to hang out and tour coffee houses so he's like can i come work for you guys i'll cut you guys a deal okay sure yeah max drive you around all these coffee houses like great this is fantastic you know but those opportunities don't come when you go listen you need to fly me out you need to pay me 500 dollars because i'm on tv somewhere and I only want yellow M&Ms in the dressing room. And it has to be my own dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating, the, the ego that's involved um, as, as versus the confidence. You know, you better have confidence in what you do. But you better, sure. you better check that ego at the door. Because the other thing that really that out of – you know, so many different avenues of entertainment. The, one of the biggest things about pro wrestling that you can turn to is the fact that you got to make each other look good. Yeah. Period. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's you. You can't be an individual um, without. If if you're just trying to be an individual, you are going to burn so many bridges. Um, look at the, Oh yeah. 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 Why, you know, why, why this day and age, does anyone want to carry that type of shit around with them mentally and emotionally? I mean, if you want to be angry all day, just sit on Twitter, you know, but why do you want to, why do you want to be angry all day? Like where, where's the fun in that life, man, if this pandemic hasn't taught anybody anything, it, it should be that life is too fucking short. Every one of your creature comforts that you've grown accustomed to can be taken away from you in the matter of three weeks. So enjoy the life that you have. Just be good to people, man. Like give back where you can. Um, don't be a shithead. Just live and let live. Yeah. 
I think that's a, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful way to look at things. Um, really quick before we wrap up, um, tell the, tell everyone about uh, the podcast that you guys do. Uh, we oh. terminated it. <laughs> really? Did it? Did we it? Did, but we, we're bringing it back. It, yeah, we're bringing it back. Um, it got to be a lot of work that we at the time weren't able to really put our effort into um because we i mean we had just started the school around the same time that we had started the podcast we tried to get our apparel company up and running at the time that we started the podcast so we had all these different things and it was just one of those things where it's like you know it's a fun hour but it's not moving the needle at all so let's just put it on the back burner until we can come back to it um and chris and i started to get that itch again where we want to talk about something we don't know what we're going to talk about yet before we were talking about just stuff we were watching yeah Yeah, we might just talk about yeah we might just talk about random things now wrestling pickles you know who who knows pickles brother i know you do (laughs) fuck they're good (laughs) well (sighs) you know here's my suggestion you guys got a 12-hour car ride one way coming in front of you Oh, guys. yeah. You better believe we're going to be recording, man. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. That's perfect, man. Yep. That's, uh, you know, kill two birds with one stone. I love it. Absolutely. Um, for uh, people who uh, aren't familiar with you guys, um, what are the uh, social media handles you want people to check out so they can uh, follow you? Uh, um, my Twitter Every, is uh, at Chris Ross. Yeah, me. I'll, I'm, I'll make it easier for everybody. So that way they can find us both oh. as a team and individually. Uh, you can, any, any of our social medias can be found at bash bros tag team. Um, and, and, or dragonplex at D R G N X. P-L-E-X. Um, you can also visit drgnxplex.com and find out everything you need to know there as well. Awesome, gentlemen. Um, any final words to um, the people here in Vegas who might be listening on what they can expect when they see you guys uh, come out uh, to wrestle for Versus on July 18th? Or the second coming of Terry Gordy and Stan Henson. Or Steve Williams. <laughs> Pretty we'll much. Steve Williams. Yeah. I like the Steve Williams route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really it. I've, I've been out in that area a couple of different times and, and done a few different things out in that area. And it's not going to be the version that some of the people who might be familiar with me are familiar with. We don't know who we're wrestling yet, but sure. we know we're coming to fuck people up. That's for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we can't wait to see you guys do exactly that and uh, fuck some people up. And uh, and anyone who's listening, um, please go check out the card on July 18th, uh, as well as uh, afterwards, if you uh, see Chris uh, there, um, he will make friends with you. So please. Yes, it's yeah. a known fact. I can't help but make friends with everybody. My cell phone has so many random numbers on it. It is insane. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Um, you guys, uh, again, you guys are doing some great work. You're doing some very important work, too, um, you know, with uh, the school and with the company. Um, so, you know, anyone who's listening, please, if you can, uh, if you're in the area, um Hey, these guys are willing to drive 12 hours to go to you. Take a little road trip, see one of their shows, you know, and support uh, the things they do. Because, um, you know, like we've kind of covered here over this uh, last hour, there's so much to be seen in talent that hasn't been recognized yet. And,. This is one way for your people to get to know that next generation of wrestlers, to see some of the guys that um, they've trained, and um, 
really to support two of the good guys in uh, the wrestling business. So um, with that, everyone, um, please uh, you know follow us here on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting um, and uh, listen to all the stuff we offer you guys. And until next time, we'll see you then. Bad Boys of Podcasting.